Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Don here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I thank God that we are founded on prayer over here. We are standing on the word of God. On this rock shall he build his church, establish his church on the word, his Church here is established on the word. We got a relationship with God. And I thank and praise God for the journey that he has taken us on and what he is imparting in us and and how he is taking his time to teach us, to teach us the fundamentals. One thing about me, I am one who, it takes me a while to get something, But baby, when I get it, I got it. (laughs) And when I got it, you can't take it away from me. I remember growing up as a child, uh, you know, I used to always get frustrated because I thought my dad was not pleased with me. And the fact that I was, you know, I didn't catch on like the other children. I, I wasn't as swift as them. I wasn't as smart as they were. And it took me a minute. And I'm telling you, that man worked with me. He worked with me. I remember we used to have our our, uh, trading cards that we used to have, and he would do little uh, reading assignments with me. I was just talking to my son the other day about, um, you know, comprehension, my comprehension level. Uh, Always had a a high aptitude and comprehension uh, when we were in class, you know, grade school, I remember we would have, um, uh, what do you call them? Little, little, I wouldn't say competitions, but we were always um, separated, right? We were separated amongst the group and, and the ones with the high uh, comp- uh, comprehension would um, be in one group. And then the ones with lower comprehension would be in lower groups. And they would do that throughout all of our uh, academics, you know, math and English and spelling. And and so I always did well, always did well in reading comprehension. And I always did well in spelling. Wasn't always so good in English, wasn't always as good in math or science or those other things. But I'm telling you, I remember my father used to work with me. He <laughs> he had to work with me uh, on that comprehension. But the thing that lasted long with me is that even today, uh, I take my time. I take my time to learn a topic, and uh, it takes me time, <laughs> you know. So, but once I get it, I get it. So I thank God for taking us on this journey and learning his word and getting into his word and digging into his word uh, that some of these supplements that we're doing is coming from just exploring and, and digging deeper into the word. We got to meditate on his word and just allow him to bring it to life for us. Amen. Uh, but I wanted to talk about that sabotaging spirit. I wanted to take us in a different direction on today uh, just to talk about it. Because like I said, sometimes as Christians, we think that God done silenced us or shut our mouths up. And we, we ought not uh, uh, address certain things as, as though they are. Sometimes I get to the point where, uh, you know, I almost feel... 
embarrassed to approach or address certain things because I feel like just identifying that thing, it makes me feel like I'm a part of it. And uh, But God is in this season. He's calling us to bring transparency and, and expose some things. And, and, and one of those things is that sabotaging spirit. Listen, ask God for discernment. Ask him for discernment because there are some household enemies. And I use the term loosely. I don't mean household in a sense of those within your immediate home, but sometimes they are household enemies. I mean those who are surrounding you in your inner circle, those who come under the guise of being an ally and they know that they are a foe. They're sent there to... Uh, to, to, to learn the enemy is sending them as a double agent to get closer to you to watch how you flow so that when the opportune time comes, they can come in for the kill. And one of the instruments, tools that they use is sabotage. It's sabotage. And so we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Just like we learned about uh, Eve, when she got to see, I believe in my sanctified mind that if she would have seen Satan in his regular form, she wouldn't even fool with him. But he hid himself. He hid himself in the serpent. And it makes me wonder, what was it about the serpent that she felt comfortable with? You understand? Because for her to have allowed him to come in, and to deceive her to begin with, it had to be somebody that she trusted or something that she trusted. It had to be something that she was common with. And sometimes we got to be careful. That's where those household enemies come in. The enemy will hide himself in them. But let me get into the study because I'm about to go get my lashes done um, and, uh, and and hang out with my girls for a little bit. So, so we're going to have to get get this thing wrapped up, right? Because I got I got some content to get us through. Father God, we just thank and praise you for this opportunity to come into your presence and to come before your people. Father God, I ask that you will use my lips, use my voice, use my mind, use my ears, use my body. Lord God, I surrender all to you. Allow me to be a vessel and an extension of your voice to your people. Father God, I pray that what we learn today will help us in our day-to-day living and that it will bring forth fruit, that we will see the manifestation in our lives. Father God, we thank you for the seed being planted, watered, and coming to life in our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, Father God, have your way and let your will be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Now, what is sabotage? What is sabotage? Let's let's take a look at that. In, in the Webster Dictionary, in the West, Web, uh, Webster Dictionary, it says that it is deliberate destruction. It is destructive of or hampering uh, action by enemy agents. So in the Webster Dictionary, it describes sabotage as a deliberate destruction. And it says that it is destructive or a hampering action by what enemy 
agents. So sabotage is a strong demonic spirit. And its agenda is to stop, deliberately prevent an operation. It wants to stop and deliberately prevent success. And it wants to stop and deliberately prevent the progress of God's appointed and anointed destinies, purpose, potential, organizations, visions, dreams, and relationships. This demon operates by stirring up jealousy and strife, and it keeps contention going. It works to promote resentment and suspicion and it can be vindictive towards people. Listen, it is important that you understand the attributes and the 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 content context of sabotage. It's important that you put substantive tangible attributes to this demon so you know it when it comes. It has an agenda to stop, to prevent. To steal, to kill, to destroy the success of God's people. It operates by stirring up jealousy and strife and contention. Listen, these jokers on my job. Oh boy, I tell you, there is a culture in in that place. And I, I love my job. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. But they have built a, um, a culture that thrives on competition. And so y'all know with me, I ain't compete with nobody. I don't even compete with myself. That, that, that thing folks that picked up over the years. That's oxymoronic. I ain't competing with myself. I ain't competing with nobody. God is not a competitive God. God is God. And he created us to be who we are. So I ain't got to compete with nobody. But anyway, they created a an environment that is so subtly competitive. And it's so annoying. I'm telling you, these people act like they ain't competing with each other, but then they try to compete with you and try to stir up strife. And and even the leaders, they try to pit the the high performers against each other. I'm, I'm telling you, it's demonic. It's a demon. It's a demon. I I had to um, have a, a direct conversation uh, with my manager. And, and what I love about that organization is that they they also foster a, an environment where they want you to feel free to have these what they call hard conversations so she and I were talking about something and she has a tendency to try to pit me against a young lady that I revere as a partner and it annoys oh I'm telling it annoys me not because I feel that I'm in competition with her and not by any means because I feel that I'm inferior or superior to her 
But just because you can see the little stuff that they do and it's just so annoying, like, why are you doing that? This girl is my partner. So so this particular day, I don't know what it was, but hormones or, or irritability from lack of sleep or whatever it was, I just had enough. I said, listen, I'm just going to share something with you and I, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. But I want you to know that I revere this individual as my partner. She is my partner. And I see some tendencies coming from you. And I perceive it as if you are trying to pit us against one another. And it is it is unproductive. And it feeds into the toxicity that our team already experiences. And so I, I just wanted to challenge her to see things from a different perspective. And so, you know, when I talk to them direct like that, they think I got attitude, you know, because I get attached to that angry black woman. I'm not upset. I'm not by any means mad. I'm annoyed, but I'm not upset with you because I believe that you are operating and functioning at your highest capacity. I'm here to help elevate your level of thinking. And to help you to try to promote a healthier relationship between peers versus what you guys are used to doing and pitting each other against each other. And we never get nothing done. We never get anything done. She she had, um, it's almost like it reminds me of, you know, when you're in class and you got that professor and they they, they got the authority, right? And this, this is what annoys me the most about it is that when you are in a position of leadership, Leaders are placed in position, and so you have a responsibility to be um, to to be above the mess, right? You 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 should be to whom much is given, much is required. So you should be walking in a higher level of uh, emotional intelligence and leadership and empathy and all of these things. But anyway, uh, it's almost like that. That professor who, you know, you got the two students in the classroom and one that you just really like, look, I ain't feeling you. <laughs> so I'm going I'm I'm to let such and such upstage you. And since I got, I'm the gatekeeper, I'm going to give them the keys, you know, and let them continue to, to upstage you. Listen, let me be very clear. I done seen it. I done done it. I done experienced it. So I can easily and quickly identify it. But that is at the root of that sabotaging spirit. It tries to stir up jealousy and strife and keep contention going. When I tell you some of these people in this uh, project, I mean, sometimes I just look at them like, are we a bunch of toddlers because they get to that infighting and 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 they're very disrespectful towards each other. I had to challenge uh, one of our contractors the other day uh, through his his sponsor or his manager. I said, "Look, we need to help him understand what our expectations are of him when he engages with our business partners, because he's one that he will publicly agree to doing something." but he will privately undercut what it is that he said he was going to do. So I was very clear with them. I said, listen, while we are in decision-making mode, everybody can give their opinion. I'm all about everybody coming together and let's decide together. I'm I'm one of those people. I'm a servant leader. I, I believe in that. But once the decision is made, 
We ain't tolerating no you going and undercutting what I'm doing because you know that I have a, a issue with a person and you want to go to that person and try to build your case with them so you all can collude. We stopping that. We shutting it down. But anyway, this is how this uh, spirit functions. I remember uh, the years, you know, my husband and I, we've been together for 32 years, been together for 32 years. And uh, we got together. Uh, I met him. I was young. I was a young tenderoni. But anyway, uh, he and I had started dating. And I'm not even going to say dating because I, I, I tell him I don't think we ever dated. Not in the beginning, but we're doing good now. We're dating good now. But he had been in a prior and a previous relationship with someone that his family had grown um, uh, fond of and, and had a good relationship with. And, and some of the members of the family tried to stir up jealousy and strife between me and, and this lady, uh, which I never, I promise you, and anybody who know me, know me, know, I never had an issue with her because I've always been one who, you know, I'm a woman first. <laughs> I'm a woman first. So I'm the I'm the type of woman that I'll be with that woman, you know, uh, and, and we'll be the one beating up the man, you know, or something like that. Well, maybe not my man because can't nobody touch him. But, you know, ideally, I'm that woman, you know, that I'm always, but he and I, over the years, over the years, he and I have had some challenges because of some of the things that he may or may have done that did not represent my philosophy of how a man should treat a woman. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that woman. You know, I'm that woman. I'm on the side of the woman. You're not going to have a family out there or children, you know, and not do what you're supposed to do with your children, which my husband always has been that man to do. You know, are you not going to gonna give her a hard time if she's asking for this or that? You know, that's, that's the woman. That's the type of woman that I am. But I never had an issue with this lady, but there were some messy, messy boots, you know, that tried to cause contention. And I always felt like, uh, while, you know, me and her never had direct conflict or, or incident, she, she kind of reaped the benefit of it, right? She, she was one of those throw the rock, hide your hands, you know, and, and sit back and you know, we ain't got no problem. We ain't never had no problem. Anything you ask for, you know, you get, and anything that you need, you know, we're open. We've always opened up our homes and, you know, the enemy had the lie going, oh, well, you know, they broke up because I had a baby. They was broke up way before then. But that was something that they used and leveraged over the years because they wanted to sabotage the relationship uh, that my husband and I had and what we were building together uh, they tried to weaponize uh, his past relationship against our future. And so I was too young to know what was going on, suffered many, many years of, of you know, going through that. And, and now you got some to be like, we never did that. I know. Yeah, you did. But it's okay. I love you anyway. I don't hold it against you because I know you were under the in influence of this sabotaging demonic spirit. 
All right. So that's sabotage. That's external sabotage. Right. But there's also a self-sabotaging spirit. And that is a destructive spirit that focuses on the insecurities of individuals and destroy personal progress and the ground that has been gained. That is self-sabotaging, sabotage sent to hinder, to stop, to discourage opportunities. And many times we allow this sabotaging spirit, this self-sabotaging spirit to cause us to stop and uh, uh, hinder what God has called us to do. What God has called us to do. A lot of times for me, I will hear God and then come under opposition and I just be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Or another self-sabotaging uh, spirit that, that functions and, and, and I've been guilty of allowing it to flourish in my life is, is when God tells me to do something and I feel like I'm not qualified to do it. And I allow um, those uh, thoughts to keep me from moving strong in what God has called me to do and moving uh, in the direction that God has called me to be. The, the, that sabotaging uh, spirit is a, is a strong man spirit. It's a strong man spirit. And it is high on the demonic hierarchy. It is, it is high. It's, it's one of those familiar spirits that will, 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 um, that we're very common with because it's a tool that the enemy uses often to stagnate and stop and completely cut off what God has called to be. That, that sabotaging spirit, it works with familiar spirits. It works with familiar spirits who act as its recognizance and forming uh, this demon of the breaks and hedges of protection and strength and weaknesses and proclivities of both the perpetrator and the victim. It That demon, it, it is very shrewd and it is extremely wise and it is well thought out in its plans. It's going to use those familiar with you. Uh, I don't know if you listened to my last podcast, but I talked about being careful with those that are around you, those that are closest to you, because that sabotaging spirit is going to come. It's going to infiltrate, try to infiltrate your camp so that it can get the intel. It can get the tea on you so that it can see where those kinks in your armor is. I used to be like, what is wrong with people? Why are they always trying to uh, out me <laughs> for my my errors? You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I, I thought just came to mind uh, the word infiltrate. I remember one time I was talking to a lady uh, and, you know, I she was somebody I, I was fond of, I cared about, and I revered her. I thought she was very intellectual. And uh, we were talking, and I said something like infiltrate. And she's like, infiltrate, infiltrate? Like she tried to, <laughs> I said, Lord, girl, if you don't get out of here. I said infiltrate. That was my, you know, I, I 
whatever. But anyway, I don't know why that thought came to my mind. But but people try to out you. They want to make a lie out of what God said is your truth. And most of the time, the way that it comes to me is, you know, God has blessed me for whatever reason. And, and, and listen, I say because of, in spite of, and despite a bunch of these demons, God has elevated me to show them my hand is on her. And all of the lies you told about her and how you tried to drag her name through the mud, I'm going to show you who she is. So sometimes when people say, well, how do you how do you do this? Or, or God's hand favors on your life. And how did you get here? And I sometimes I look at them and I say, because of you. <laughs> because of you. Because of everything you put me through. And God is blessing me because I showed and extended you love when you have done nothing but shown and extended me hate. But anyway, the way that it comes is they try to... Uh, expose your weaknesses. Like for me, I'm going to tell you, when I was raising my children, one of the things that I, I, and I say this all, I used to say this all the time, I am not a domestic. I am not a domestic. I feel like my mama spoiled us, uh, spoiled me at least. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to clean. My mama cleaned everything. And, you know, so I feel like uh, they come that way and so what they would do is folk come over to my house, talk about my house. Oh, she, her house is a mess. She ain't do this because they want to be common with you. They so jealous and, and, and agitated because you got a house. Now, that's the first thing. Okay, my house might be dirty, but where's your mortgage at? You know, you know, they get so, so jealous of that. And then, you know, God has blessed me over the years, even though I've had many jobs, but he's blessed me uh, financially. And then, you know, they want to come and, and, and point out all of the things about, oh, she always quitting a job. She always, she can't do this. She can't do that. But where's your job? You still, you know, whatever. And ooh, baby, they come after my marriage. They come after my children. Had the all that, yeah, uh huh, yeah. But I know a man is out here doing such and such. Well, tell me, baby, let us both know, <laughs> so we, so we can both act. But anyway, oh, she's so jealous. She's so envious. She don't want no woman up under her husband. Well, hey, you know, if you know my husband, you. This this the thing that tripped me out about people too. They know, they know more than what you know about the man that you with, and then you want to go and, 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 and drag my name because I don't play no games when it comes to my man. I don't play no games because I know him. <laughs> I know him. And ain't no jealous bone in my body. Let me be very clear. I am not jealous. I don't compete against no woman. I know what I got, and I know who I am, and I know that this man loves me. I know he loves me, but I don't play no games. I don't. And most of the time, it don't even be that I'm concerned about what my husband would do. It's just women are so silly. They get so messy. Girl, get on out of here with that mess. I don't play no games. You know, so they, they come that way. Or, or they want to, you know, come through my kids. Come through my kids. You know, oh, her kids over there, they doing the same thing our kids doing. That ain't it. Wait a minute. <laughs> you think I, I don't get embarrassed about what my kids do? 
My kids were raised with the standard that I gave them, just like my parents gave us standards. And I veered away from it. They weren't embarrassed by what I did. They just said, hey, she didn't listen to the instruction. I remember I remember one time I heard some stuff people were saying about my kids and, the fa- and my uh, family, uh, my, my mother and father family, you know, that family. And people were trying to say stuff about what my kids was doing, how she she don't even know what's going on under her roof. She don't even know her kids. I said, well, why you ain't telling me? Why you, you know, you supposed to love me, trust and believe. If I knew what your kids was doing, I'd be telling you. You know, but that that's how they come up under me, you know, to 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 sabotage, you know, but they get close enough. They them familiar spirits, they get close enough because they they're trying to get uh intel. And they're hindering spirits. They they come and they use monitors and they're monitoring spirits. They try to monitor our lives and they they come and and they try to monitor our conversations and they work to prohibit our breakthroughs or our callings or our, our destinies. And remember, this is a spirit. This is a spirit. And, 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 and his effort or his goal is to drive us to abort godly ordained projects, purposes, and relationships. Listen, listen. If the enemy had his way, I keep saying these jokers on this project I'm on, boy, they keep sabotaging. And I mean, they sabotage themselves. You can start, <laughs> you start at the beginning of a meeting and they come in strong with an argument. I'm telling you. And then everybody concede and we all align on it. And then next thing you know, they the biggest uh, proponent to, to changing what they just fought for. I'll just be looking at them, shaking my head like, Lord Jesus, what is going on with these folk? But that's a sabotaging spirit. That's a sabotaging spirit. It comes to to sabotage our relationships. Like I said, for years, for years, people tried to come for my husband, for my marriage, for my relationship. And one day I looked up and I said, well, wait a minute, you, you, you closer to the end than you are to the beginning. <laughs> I ain't seen you with no man. You know, maybe you reaping something. Just get off my back now. And and listen, don't take me wrong. I, I want everybody to be happy. I want to see everybody find somebody. But sometimes you reap. I'm still reaping some stuff from some sin. You know, God has graced me to go through it. But hey, I had no business doing certain things. Put my mouth on folk. Trying to do stuff, you know. And some folk got to reap what they sown and evil in my life. You just got to reap. But anyway, that sabotaging spirit wants you to abort these things. It's very subtle. It's extremely sneaky. And it is tricky. It is tricky, tricky, tricky. Listen, I've witnessed something with like I said, dealing with this one contractor. And I'm telling you, he is, ooh, he's something else. Now, he done said a few things lately. He's a he's a Caucasian man, but he's challenged with uh, uh, other races. He's challenged with females. He's challenged, you know, so he gets real sneaky. He start going and conspiring around with 
with different people and starting mess. I said, no, we're going to stop that. And, 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 and if they don't like it, too bad. And my, uh, my manager, she's something else. She don't like it when I come in strong like that. But baby, listen, you might not like it. And I don't mind you not protecting me, but don't get in my way of protecting myself. All right, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nehemiah. Let's let's see how did how did um, sabotage impact Nehemiah in Nehemiah's day or the people in in Nehemiah's day? But we we find that if we go to the book of Nehemiah. The conspiracy of sabotage is exposed. So if you want to learn about sabotage, go to the book of Nehemiah. And the Bible says that Nehemiah, who was the cupbearer of the king, received a burden from the Lord to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He was met with great opposition through ridicule, anger, mockery, and continued threats of war to hinder the work that God called him to. Sometimes God will call us to some things and, and we'll think, hey, God called us to this, so everybody need to get on board because God done called us to it. But sometimes that calling comes with that sabotaging spirit that is coming to keep you from accomplishing what God has called you to do. The Bible further tells us that Nehemiah and those who worked with him Uh, overcame the opposition by continuously staying focused. They stayed focused and they prayed. Nehemiah uh, was a man destined with purpose who remained vigilant and focused through prayer and gave God all of the glory. And God gave him in return victory over his enemies. It was through repentance fasting, intercession, and prayer that Nehemiah received the victory. We have to remember that and walk in victory. We have to walk in victory and we got to repent, fast, and intercede. See, my baby right now is going through something and she's come under, I mean, severe attacks. God has positioned her to start a uh, law review journal at her school. And this is something that is a a huge accomplishment and an honor to do and something prestigious and something that will, um, something that would uh, be beneficial in her career, right? So, so, so it is a, a, a high accomplishment, you know. She's she's working to become a lawyer, so starting this journal will will make her mark in the school. God gave it to her. I know God gave it to her. And the way that the doors have been opened for her, God established that she would do this. And I'm telling you, as soon as the chancellor, this was a couple of days ago, sent out a a, a school wide message to the entire college about the startup of this. Uh, law review journal the enemy came and these attacks came it first came with one young man he said look why do we need another journal we already got a couple why we need another one and he said it's going to dilute 
the value or the substance of what we already have if we keep on having all of these journals, okay? Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, don't even pay no attention to it. That's just some noise. That's white noise trying to filter out the real sound. So we ain't even going to worry about him. And then, lo and behold, here we go another day. I'm talking about that was the, the real, was it another day or maybe a couple of hours? Then the real attack came. That demon came so strong. It was a young lady who wanted to usurp my daughter's uh, journal and become the founder of the journal. So this little girl went and very quickly submitted her proposal and tried to get in before my daughter got in and got all of her paperwork in and she had a certain deadline. So now she is enthroned in a battle to try to hold on to her law review uh, journal. And the reason that I'm sharing this is because I know God's going to show up and show out. That's why we're dealing with this sabotaging spirit. But what God showed me is that this is an attempt to stop that journal from coming to life. Because on the one hand, you had the little boy, he came and he was subtle about it, but he came in and he wanted to stop it. He said, we don't need this. The second attack was the young lady, she came in and she said, look, I want to do this. And she knows she has no desire, no uh, background, history, none of that to get it done. So as soon as they put it in her hand, she's going to drop it. And then finally, the last little attack, uh, someone that was within within another organization that she's uh, uh, participating in came in and said, well, don't you need to have a co um, uh, founder or something like that and, and what she's doing because you got so much on your plate. I'm telling you, the enemy don't stop. He don't stop. But just like Nehemiah, baby, I tell you, you can't stop what God has ordained to happen. And they came against him. They came against him. They tried to ridicule him. They tried to mock him. They tried to do all of these things. But God said, not on my watch, baby. It's going to come to pass. God told him to build And God said, you will build, no matter what they bring against you. So anyway, we talk about (coughs) this sabotaging spirit. And we know that, that Nehemiah, even though he came under opposition and severe opposition, Severe opposition. The word of God tells us that he he prayed and he fasted for four months before he even went to the king with the petition to build the wall. And, and, and he came under all of this attack. And the funny thing about it is he did something in 52 days. 52 days that took the years years to accomplish. So I just want to encourage somebody, even listening today, even listening to this message today, they may come. Them demons might come and try to sabotage you, but God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And no matter what they do, they have no power, no authority or legal right to disrupt what God has predestined for your life. Sometimes we forget We get in battle and, you know, we get so stuck in what we're going through and what the enemy is taking us through that we forget the power and the authority that we are walking through. 
Some people would say, you know, we're going through this study, this Bible study, this chronological review. And some people would say, prophetess, you, you just, you're going too slow. You're taking your time. We know all of this stuff. These are things that we've learned in the past and we know it, but, but God is slowing us down. He's slowing us down because he wants us to know his word. He wants us to know his word so that it sticks, so that it sticks, that it, that it just is not retained for a season or, or during a certain uh, period of time. You know, I, I, <laughs> I love that in, in the modern day church, what we do and we do very well is we have these themes that we associate with convocation and, and our annual gatherings. And we'll have these themes and we'll focus on a portion of the word. And I'm telling you, I'm one that I would go to these meetings and I'll get a good word and I will want to study because I've always been so hungry for the word, you know. So, you know, we, we have a guest speaker come in or, or our pastor, bishop, would be talking about something and be studying <clears throat> a passage. And then I would, you know, want to study it. But I'm telling you, I get that thing on the inside of me. And next thing you know, a year go by, <laughs> I don't forget what I learned <laughs> and certain lessons, you know, I didn't retain. But in this way that God is imparting in us, we are getting it. We are getting it. I'm telling you, we are taking our time. God wants us to know the power and the authority that we walk in. And he is demonstrating that through his word. He's given us examples so we don't have to even try to figure it out in our minds. How does this thing look? How does, how does it look or feel or what example do we have? To, to have God move on our behalf. Well, he's giving us the examples. But back to Nehemiah, sometimes we get, you know, in the battle and we forget what we're supposed to do to win. Sometimes I suffer so much with these folk on this job. Uh, I had to challenge one of the ladies <laughs> one day. I mean, every time we get into a meeting, this lady would... Oh, well, we need somebody to take notes or, or Dawn, can you write this down? Or, or, or we need somebody to, um, to book this, you know, this meeting, make sure we have this meeting. Uh, ma'am, no ma'am. I am not your secretary. <laughs> I am not your meeting maker. In this particular day, I don't know what it was, hormones, fed up, irritation. I don't know what it was, but I had to tell her, I said, I am not. Oh, I know what it was. She she wanted to press the point that she wanted a technical person to help them facilitate some data migration discussions. And I said, well, baby, I've been doing this for 20 years. I know how to facilitate. As a matter of fact, you don't even know my background. I started out as a, a business analyst. So if I can't do nothing else, I know how to elicit requirements. I just put that in my back pocket because you all are, are so overwhelming and I just don't feel like putting that hat on because it just takes too long to get y'all up to speed but nonetheless if I say I can do something I can do it but she was so relentless and I said something is wrong with this girl but we were in the meeting and I felt I felt at some point when she kept pressing the point I felt she was being disrespectful 
And so I had to let her know. I said, listen, now I've been doing this over 20 years. I know how to facilitate a meeting. I said, and not only that, I am not your secretary and I'm not your, well, she said something like, well, let's get a meeting. I said, I'm not your secretary. I am not your, your meeting scheduler. So let's be real clear. And I think, I think that set me on the pathway of these people because a lot of times when we do things, you know, African-Americans, when we do things and we challenge people because of their biases and, and entitlement, this young lady even, you know, she and I had a follow-up call and she said, well, Don, you know, you be in the meetings and, and sometimes you'll ask a question because you're multitasking and a team has moved forward and we've already passed that. And, and I said, oh. Who are you to tell me when I can or cannot ask the question based on your assumption that I'm multitasking? Nobody can see what I'm doing. You don't know that I'm multitasking. I'm trying to comprehend just like you and trust and believe. The more knowledgeable I am about a thing, the better I can help y'all. I, I, I guarantee you that. You want me out of anybody <laughs> that is on this team to understand. You want me to understand because I'm backing it up with, you know, solutions and strategies for you all to move forward. But anyway, uh, she, she just, ooh, that child. So I had to take a step back because I was so irritated, emotional, and I was outright angry. And that's why I believe, you know, after I had to check her, what they do is, you know, when you do that to a, a Caucasian lady and you're black, they got to come to our aid. You know, she's the victim. You know, they got to come to our aid. And I'm like, okay, do whatever you got to do. But the next time, I, I guarantee you, she going to know. Don't come at me like that, you know, because we are all professionals. We're all here to respect each other. And, and it was just blatantly disrespectful. And when she and I talked, she first thing she said, my uncle is black. <laughs> my sister is married to a, uh, uh, I'm not married. My sister is dating a black man and they have a child together. And she's a, a, a motor, she's in a motorcycle club and all of these things she's saying as if, she just universally think, thought that I could relate to these things that these people are doing. I said, you got the wrong one. I don't know nothing about that lifestyle. I don't know nothing about that life. But the fact that you said what you said shows me that you are an entitled person who is not connected in any real, true, intimate relationship with somebody from my culture. I guarantee you that because that's just like saying my best friend is black. But anyway, why did I go down this rabbit hole? I'm going to have to get right back out. <laughs> but that, that spirit of sabotage, mm, it is so ingrained in that team. And I had no idea what I was walking into. I thought it was one thing. And then I got in there and I saw that it was something totally different. But I suffered. I suffered it for months and didn't do anything because I said, well, Lord, I, I like this job. I'm coming here. I need to be there. God said, but if you don't fight, you're going to get beat. <laughs> if you don't fight, you're going to get beat. I can't remember what movie. I know it wasn't you told Harpo to beat me, but I, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. You know, folk act like they don't want to fight when you're in the middle of a brawl. You got to learn how to fight. But our fight is not against flesh and blood. 
And so I have been going through that thing for months and under different attacks coming from different angles. And I began to pray and fast for those things, but not putting before God what was going on on the job. But you get beat up enough, you're going to come and you're going to do what you know to do to get them demons up off of you. And nonetheless, that's what I did. But they look like they trying to rear their little heads again. You know, so we got to pray and fast. And it wasn't until, you know, this little mess came up with my baby. Well, she's off going to, to uh, law school and trying to. I mean, can you imagine the first lawyer? The first lawyer, when I think about, um, and I'm proud of all my children. I got to say that. I'm proud of all my children. My, my, my oldest son, he just graduated with his master's degree. You know, did did it in a year. Did it in a year. You know, my other baby just got married. Uh, and then my youngest girl, you know, she keep getting promoted. <laughs> I mean, that girl, instead of leaving a job every six months, this child gets promoted every six months. Look at God. God's hand is on their lives. My baby boy, you know, going back to school, trying to get herself together. You know, so I'm proud of all of them. But I was, you know, reflecting the other day, mm, my God, if I could just be in the presence or the room of, of my grandmothers, Mary and Dorothy, and, you know, just be in the presence of my parents, my mother and my father, and, and this baby that they love, that they, you know, they all got to meet all of, well, I don't think uh, 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 Granny Granny Mary may not have met my youngest boy. No, she did. She did. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. My God. Thank you for that. Um, yes, 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 yes. So they met all of my children. Met all of my children. And just imagine being able to present to them here, here through your bloodline, the first lawyer in the family. The first lawyer through this unit, through this bloodline, you know, that's something. But the enemy is doing everything he can to try to derail that destiny. And it is our job. It is our job, meaning my job as her mother and her job as, as a woman of God to, to fight this thing. So when, she, when the intensity started ramping up with her, I told her yesterday, I said, we need to pray and fast. We got to fast and pray, baby, because this is the enemy trying to uh, sabotage what God <clears throat> has uh, ordained for you to do. Uh, you know, so anyway, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was talking about Nehemiah and his experience. And that's one form of sabotage, external, coming from those who just hate us. They can't stand it. And here's the thing that gets me. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. So he was in a position to have easy access to the king. And so in his wisdom, he said, look, I got to wait this thing out and make sure I find the opportune time to approach the king so that I can do what I need to do. It took him four months. He fasted and he prayed before he even went to the king, even though he had easy access to him. 
Y'all better be careful. Don't misuse and abuse your influence. God places us in spaces for a reason. For a reason. And stop telling everybody all everything. Stop telling folk the visions that God has given you prematurely. Because these demons are do you just like uh, Joseph Brothers. They'll put you in slavery. They'll enslave you. They'll put you in a pit and, and sell you off. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> he waited. He used wisdom. And he was able to do what nobody else could. That was the other thing, me and my baby, we were talking about. I mean, the, the young lady that was trying to come and, and take the program, take over the program. Just the quality of the content that she presented, it was just, it, it was less than subpar. Okay, so that tells and shows that your motivation is something other than, you know, being successful in this. You just want the title. You just want the name. You know, and so looking at, at my daughter and knowing that God has called her to this, you're going to expedite some things. God is going to move some obstacles out of your way. So that you can do this in excellence. Sometimes it's not about our ability like we're superior to anybody. But when we have the stamp of approval from God. Then he's going to make sure that we get things done. Another form of sabotage uh, comes into play. And I don't know why I'm saying sabotage. Where am I from? (laughs) I think it's this... uh, uh, cough drop in my mouth. But another form of sabotage is um, it, 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 it affects people who are sincere and they want to see the best for you. You know, those, those people can also uh, sabotage your destiny. They sincerely want to see the best for you. They sincerely love you. They care about you. And they are on your side. Just take a look at Matthew 16, uh, verses 21 and 23. And I love this. I think I might want to read it from uh, the Message Bible. And here we go with this app. Not working right. Okay, he said Matthew 16, 22, okay. All right, so I'll read it. It goes from 21 through 26. And the word of God says, Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of religious leaders, be killed, and then on the third day be raised up alive. Peter took him in hand, protesting. He said, impossible, master. That can never be. Jesus didn't swerve. (laughs) He turned around. He said, listen, Peter. Get out of my way. Satan, get lost. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He looked them straight in his eyes. (laughs) He said, Peter, get out of my way. 
Satan get lost. You have no idea how God works. The word of God goes on to say, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your fine self. I mean, your true self, to finding yourself, your true self. That kind of deal is to, is it, wait a minute, what? (laughs) All right now, it's partially my eyes, my tongue, my lips, all of this. I can't get it together. I'm going to start over at 24 through 26. And if you don't like it, fast forward it or go read it for yourself. The word of God says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul? My God, my God, my God. Listen. The reality is Peter loved Jesus. Even when he sinned against him, he loved Jesus, right? And so when he told him, he said, look, I got to go. I'm going to go through all this suffering. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to have to do this. They going to kill me. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And Peter said, no, master, you're not going to do that. We ain't going to let, let you do it. If y'all know anything about Peter, he meant business. He was ready to fight. <laughs> Jesus told him, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, get lost. You can't stand in the way of what my father has already commissioned me to do. Now, no, nah, uh-uh, Peter, you out of line. But it'd be a lot of people like that. They want to stand in the way. They want to say, no, nah, uh-uh, that's too much for you. Like uh, <laughs> my baby, I, ooh, look at God. I thank God for that because I was seeing this act a little bit different and God has just shown me something. I believe when when they asked her about the co-chair of the symposium, this is somebody who probably cared about her and cared about the magnitude of the stress and the burden of all of the weight of what she has to carry. But, just like Peter, (laughs) she on assignment. God sent her. Get thee behind me. Mm, That's good. I'm going to have to get her to listen to this. (laughs) All right. But anyway, you know, sabotage comes that way. It comes, you know, outwardly. You got them external haters. And then it comes, you know, from people who love you. And they really, truly want to see the best for you. But you got to know that you know that you know what God has called you to. You got you got uh, sabotage in the workplace. You know, I talked about that. You know, employees 
uh, sabotage, when they intentionally inflict damage on the organization and, and the members, and they intentionally uh, undermine and disrupt the operations or the profit of the organization. And, you know, sometimes they deliberately underperform. <laughs> Some of them vandalize and, and cause pranks. They falsify and alter information. I, I've even seen where they've set the place on fire. Arson, embezzlement, you know, disclosing information to, to competitors. Spreading rumors, you know. It's, 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 it, it, it happens more than we think. And these sabotaging spirits will come. And, and we sit back, listen, we be in a workplace and we figure, oh, well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not going to get involved in that. I, I Look, <laughs> I see what they're doing, but I ain't going to get involved because at the moment it's benefiting me. I, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, I, uh, I was speaking with one of our, our, uh, our business leads and uh, I was talking to her because I, I shared with her, I said, I'm of the, the philosophy that you work with the willing, right? And change is only uh, uh, unaccomplishable with those who are not willing to change. So you only focus your time on the willing and you focus change on those who, who are willing to change. I don't have time to try to pull anybody into uh, an understanding. And they do all of this false collaboration up there. I mean, it's just, oof, it's a mess. So anyway, she and I were talking, and I was trying to find a creative way to address her behavior uh, that that she was, she was doing and kind of undercutting and undermining the structure that I was trying to bring to the team. And so this has been a repeated pattern with her. So the Holy Spirit gave me wisdom on how to deal with her. And so what I did was I was sharing with her a challenge that I was having within the team. And I was giving her an example. And I said, listen, we want to make sure that you and I, as two of the pillars, you know, holding this program and this project together, we want to uh, make sure that you and I uh, help to move the team forward. And in order for us to move the team forward, we got to kind of get in front of all of these siloed conversations that result in, in, you know, the team trying to collude or undercut or undermine what we're trying to do as far as the structure that we're putting in place. And she said, well, I don't know that I quite see things, you know, that way. And, and I haven't experienced this. And this is that gaslighting that they like to do. So I used as an example, something that I knew that she had in, uh, encountered herself. And I said, you know, it's kind of like with such and such, you know, we, we, we have discussions and we align and we say that we're going to go in one direction and everybody say, yeah, I'm cool with that. And then they go off and they say, mm, we're not going to do that. And they don't come back to you and tell you that they're not going to do it. They just go and implement what they want and how they want it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. We need to get in front of that. We need to get in front of that. You know, so we having a good conversation now. 
And so then I dropped it on. I said, you know, that's the same kind of thing as, you know, when if somebody come to you and they're complaining about certain structures that we've all aligned that we're going to implement within the team, but because they don't like it, they will publicly uh, uh, agree, but then they'll try to come and undercut by having the conversations with you. I think what we should do is, come here, let me get, get your ear. That's what we should do. When they come to you with that mess, send them back my way. Or if you don't want to do it that way, let's bring it to, you know, public. Don't let it be done in secret because that's what creates a lot of the drama and contention amongst the team. But anyway, she got it that way. <laughs> you know, it's so many uh, demonic things that go on in corporate America and they're so comfortable with it. They are so content with it. And when you challenge it, then you become the one that's wrong. I had to tell my manager the other day, I said, you know, I don't want to become the issue because you guys don't have the tools or the necessary ability to be able to deal with the issue, uh, not not ability, but interest in dealing with the, with the issue. You know, sometimes we, hey, <laughs> we know that that person, they just the way they are and we're going to continue. But the reason that, uh, this sabotage is dangerous is because it will shut down your whole organization. You all haven't progressed in the last five years, and that's why. Because y'all got too much infighting, too much disrespect, disregard. But anyway, that happens in, in, the, um, in the workplace. And sabotage comes against the church. It comes against the church. And um, Galatians 5, uh, 19 through 21, let me, let me read that. And, and this, is, this is something. This is something. Mm. See, we, we try to get, get away. What did I say? Galatians 5. Since 519. Okay. <laughs> I got this highlighted. So, all right. So, the word of God says, and I'm reading in the Message Bible, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, uh, an impotent to love or be loved, um, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, a vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uh, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I can go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Paul is warning them. Paul is warning them. This is how you sabotage the church. 
because we so focus on flesh. We're so focused on flesh. While the Bible doesn't just flat out call these things sabotage, it calls it things like variance or sedition, you know, things like that. And we know that the heresies, they were the ones who who focused on that. And these are the things that were brought against um, the church. It was brought against the church. And we be doing our own biddings by, you know, functioning in these areas of sin, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. Emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murder, drunkenness, rivalings, uh, and the such. You know, we we get involved in these things and bring that mess up in the church. I was talking um, earlier on my earlier podcast about how sabotage impacted. It may have been this one. <laughs> You know, the, the bishop, when I was when I was going to the word of deliverance, these people would sit up and talk about this man. And I'm telling you, I'm talking about people that were close to them, right hand, you know, somebody I would think like, whoa, why are you talking about him like that? You know, and causing people to turn, to turn on him, you know, just ridiculous, 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 ridiculous. Um, but anyway, one of the main and the major, um, uh, components of sabotage against the church is sedition and heresy, you know, bringing heresy into the church, uh, causes disunion and discord, you know, it causes people to stray and, and, and a lot of conflict. And that's, this is why Peter and Paul tried to warn the church, tried to warn the church. And in 2 Peter 2 and 11, Peter said, but there uh, were false prophets, prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord. That brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. They are bringing dissension into the church. They are bringing um, doubt. And let's do this real quick. Heresy, the belief or opinion contrary to orthodox religion, religious doctrine. Sedition, conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority. So they're bringing this into the church. And we have to be careful because 
we're starting up a new church and we don't want this mess in um, in our church. We don't want that. So uh, five ways that sabotage can impact and destroy our relationships. If we have an unrealistic or rigid expectation or how, of how others should treat us, and we get easily disappointed. When a partner treats us bad or uh, we're suspicious, our suspicions are confirmed. And we fail to set healthy boundaries from the beginning with our friends and our family. So that's how we can sabotage relationships is when we have rigid and unrealistic expectations. I used to be one that would think that things had to be right. Everybody had to be right. And if you weren't right, it was wrong. (laughs) I was extremely rigid. One, because I came from uh, a very disciplined household. My father was very, uh, he was a a hard disciplinarian uh, over his children. And so I picked that up. And many of relationships that I have had over the years have been sabotaged because of, as a result. Another thing is when we struggle with intimacy, um, when we struggle with intimacy, and in the sense that we crave intense closeness, you know, we, we that one, we just, we real needy. We, we needy, we just need, 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 and, and, and gotta have folk up under us all the time. Or on the flip side of that, you, you too distant, you know, you, you sabotage your relationship. And that's a struggle. Intimacy should be a good a good balance of give and take, love in a relationship. And it's not sexual intimacy. It can be a, you know, a platonic relationship or a sisterly, brotherly, paternal, maternal relationship, you know. But sometimes we just we just be too much and we destroy the relationships. Another area that um we sabotage relationships as negative beliefs about ourselves and our ability to find long-lasting love, you know? We, we tell ourselves that we're not good enough, you know, or, or that people will never um, see us as good enough. You know, we sabotage before we even get in a relationship, whether it's, you know, a, a spouse or significant other, whatever. We also sabotage relationships when we become people pleasers. And I'll talk about this a lot. We, 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 we try to please everybody all the time and forget about ourselves. We fail to uh, create healthy boundaries with people. Or on the flip side of that, you know, you, you just want to avoid conflict. 
what that does is eventually you become resentful. You know, you 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 not only reject people, but you get rejected because a lot of times people don't respect somebody who do everything for them, especially when they know they're taking advantage of them. That's the lesson I had to learn. Another way that we sabotage relationships is when we use that narcissistic uh, radar <laughs> and we think everybody else the problem and not us. We don't we don't see ourselves um, in a way that helps to fix the problem in a relationship by taking ownership and accountability for our actions. You know, we allow these self-sabotaging spirits to create a cause and effect rhythm in our lives to where (laughs) we see, we, we predict what the future is and we cause it by the effects of our actions. You know. But we have to know that that sabotaging spirit is real. It is real. And God sent me here today to break up that demon, to pray for you and trust God. And trust God. He said, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And we are trusting God to move expeditiously and mightily as a result of this prayer. As I come to the conclusion of my message today, I just want to share that God no longer wants us bound. We got to know that we know that we know that God is on our side. That all things are working together for our good. That we can cry out and call on Jesus. That the blood of Jesus prevails. And his power and his authority indwells on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. We have to lean and depend on him for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. (laughs) Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust God. Trust God. And I thank and praise him today for just allowing me to come before you. And I pray that this has been a blessing to someone. But we're going to end this out by praying. And just a simple prayer, just a simple prayer, we're going to trust God together. That he will begin to unearth these sabotaging spirits, expose them, put them on public display, war against those demons that war against us, that they must die by fire, by the fire of the Holy Spirit. We trust God. We trust God. And he will prevail. Trust God. And he shall prevail. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne this morning or the afternoon, Lord God, because we trust in you. We believe you. We believe you to be a true and living God. We believe you to be a God who loves us. You allow us to sit under an open heaven and and to cry out to you and to trust that you have heard our pleas, that you have heard our cries. 
that you will be faithful <coughs> to answer us. Oh, Father God, we trust you. Mm. We bind up every demon that has come to distract this prayer. We bind up every devil that thinks that he's going to accuse us or accuse God of being a lie and not who he said he was and who he say he is to us. We trust you. We trust you or who he say that we are. <laughs> oh, the devil is a liar. Ah, she kabasaya. Yes, God, we trust you. We trust you, God, to move and show the manifestation of your glory as a result of this prayer. But as we pray and before we pray, we ask for forgiveness for every sin, seen and unseen, known and unknown, that we may stand before you through your righteousness. Heavenly Father, we curse every root of bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, foolishness, lying tongue, bearing false witness, slander, false accusation, and anything that has come against us that will have us operate in the spirit of sabotage. We curse and uproot every python spirit, jealousy, demonic wisdom, judgmental spirit, all spirits of witchcraft, spirits designed to silence our praise, controlling spirits, rage, envy, murderous tongues, criticism, expose every spirit that tries to hinder our walk and flow in the name of Jesus. We cancel and break any assignment of every spirit that will try to weaken our faith in Jesus' name. We declare and decree that no spirit will destroy us from the inside out in Jesus' holy name. We command condemnation to all negative words, thought, direct, or thoughts directed towards us to be condemned in Jesus' name. And we say these words are nullified. They are void of life and they have no meaning. We break every spirit of madness and confusion off of our lives. We break every spirit of betrayal, unfaithfulness, treason, deception, worldliness, and double-mindedness in Jesus' holy name. We declare and decree on this day that we will never allow the spirit of sabotage to enter in our spirit realm. Father God, we ask that you will forgive us for knowingly or unknowingly operating in the spirit of sabotage. We cancel every spirit that comes against God's divine and delegated authority for our lives in the name of Jesus. From this day forward, we will speak blessings with our mouth from this day forward, we will walk in a spirit of cooperation, peace, patience, love, and humanity. We thank you and we bless you and we honor you now, Jesus, that no weapon that has been formed against us shall prosper. And this demonic spirit of sabotage has been dealt with and handled and no longer will it impact and impede our lives. 
Lord God, we thank you now. We celebrate you now that these sabotaging spirits from this day forward will no longer have refuge around in and around us. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We honor you today. Oh, God, you are a mighty God. We curse these demons. Uh, we curse every python spirit. Uh, oh, God, we thank you now. We honor you now, Jesus. Uh, you are a great and mighty God, and you are greatly to be praised. Yes, God, we thank you. Make us thirsty for you, God. Make us thirsty for your word. Father God, let us step outside of ourselves uh, and walk in your perfect will. Father God, we thank you now that this self-defeating, uh, self-sabotage spirit is defeated. In the name of Jesus, uh, open our eyes, God. Help us to see, Lord Jesus. Uh, help us to stop sabotaging ourselves. Help us, Lord God, come against them that come to sabotage us. Lord God, we thank you, we bless you, and we receive your word. We receive your majesty. We receive the victory in Jesus' precious and holy name. Now, Father God, we seal this prayer this morning or afternoon through our faith. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you will dispatch your angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. And Father God, we pray today, Lord Jesus, for immediate manifestation of your glory over this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen.